0: Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies under 90 minutes. <laughs> 250. 50, 5, forty. Thirty-four. 400. 46. 69. 105. 60, 5 5 million. 127. 12. 15. 14. Negative 4. 25,000. 423. 75. Yeah. See if you bastards can do 90. Is that, a, uh, is that a Tom Arnold? <laughs> are, you, <laughs> okay, okay, Jerry, are you busting out some you t- energy? <laughs> you tell me, Jer. Yep, yep. Your hands are uh, raised and you're <laughs> fidgeting in your seat. Yeah, you got some, <laughs> some Tom Arnold uh, Cokey energy, some post-Cokie energy. That's right. Uh, uh, today on our show, clocking in at 89 minutes, we're talking about 1996's Carpool directed by Arthur Hiller, the man who has been around for some time. He uh, directed "See No Evil, Hear No Evil" with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Oh, the blind deaf comedy. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and like, yeah, he goes back to like, oh, the original in-laws. Oh, he directed that, which I, you know, I guess is a, you know, bit of a Bit of a classic. Sure. Silver Streak. All right, so he's been around for a while, and uh, written by Don Reimer. Who's also uh, Who's also made Who's responsible for some bangers? Big Mama's House. Oh surf's shit! Up. Rio's one and two. You said Surfs Up. Yep, that uh, one's fun. I like that movie. Deck the Halls. Ooh. The Honeymooners live action. Ooh. He wrote the Santa Claus Two, Ooh. Agent Cody Banks Two. Ooh. I don't. Know. I, 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 I can't speak for if he wrote the first ones. I'm not looking through the uh, proper IMDb list, but I'm guessing not. Mm. They would have been listed as more popular titles of his. <laughs> <Anyway>. Well, <clears throat> the director of the Honeymooners. Well, you know, I believe that. And, you know, that's a little bit of shade on a movie that's otherwise uh, I think was. Uh, you remember we were we'd we rent a lot of pay-per-view We'd be like, Mom, yeah. you're working yeah. tonight. We're staying home. Uh, can we rent a pay-per-view yeah. movie? You're an absent mother. Can you give us $6 to rent a pay-per-view movie? <laughs> and usually she'd cave, you know, and w- I believe usually, this was but, a pay-per-view movie, right? Not without protest. <laughs> she, You, well, know, you know, she, know, she'd be like, what? $6. <laughs> like, Mom, $6. <laughs> but this was a pay-per-view movie, right? I don't remember if it was a pay-per-view. I remember watching it at Dad's a lot. Yeah, I just feel it just has that smack of pay-per-view movie that, like, because this era, we were going paper crazy when it came to rentals. We truly were. We were dialing. I knew that 800 number by heart at the time. Let's call it up. What's the name? Give me the three digits of the the title, and I I, I can go. The best was when they allowed you to watch it for, like, a full day. Like, it was, like, over and over and over. So you'd be like, I want to watch it again. And you could. you just watch it again right there. Yeah
1: you'd have it's access like actually...
0: to that channel. I think if I think, but I think if you if I remember correctly and maybe I'm making this up, if you changed the channel away from that, you lost like the feed. So you had to just leave it on the whole yeah, day to keep I watching. Yeah, I think you're it. right. <laughs> it was basically like don't change it. a video. Yeah. <laughs> you could rewind it and watch it over and over, or buying the video, except with um, far less control over it. You just had to keep it going because it was out, yeah. at certain times you had to be like, oh, it's on at four fifteen. All right, we have to call five minutes ahead of time. Don't mm-hmm. call too soon because it might get confused for a different pay per view movie. Yeah, that is interesting. It's pay per view. What a, what a scene, man! If you weren't there for pay per view, uh, gentle listeners, you really missed out on uh, uh, yeah. you know, basically what streaming is now, except it had a more uh, exclusive atmosphere. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, uh, more difficult to acquire, therefore it was exclusive. Yeah, it was cooler, you know. Therefore, but uh, hey, this is a uh, this is a David Palmer and Tom Arnold vehicle, pun intended made in 96 and you know what um something tells me it wasn't so much a vehicle as it was probably shopped around to several different actors and landed on tom arnold and david Paymer. i don't i can't imagine it anyone, became a vehicle for maybe these gentlemen i mean i guess this is probably tom arnold's peak you know like these this mid 90s lies in, this he's in, is that is peak arnold yeah, yeah uh so like the the mid to late 90s because he's got like but then the problem is that he's got a bunch of shitty movies like the stupids and uh a couple other still that's a John Landis joint, you know? And he so he's working he worked with Cameron, he worked with Landis around this time. Like sure that like they were trying to figure like out a place for Tom Arnold, it seems like they were trying to cater to, to Tom Arnold a little bit because like he got some Roseanne juice because he was married to her and he was a writer on Roseanne. He was on Roseanne. But also just uh, he was a kind of just a he's a big personality. You know, you see him in the media on shows and you're like, who is this? Who is this guy? He's really emphatic and he's what got is, cokey energy. Yeah, he's got real coke, perfect late 80s cokey energy. This. Mm-hmm. Like, where you're almost like, Ah, oh, I'm starting to not want this energy in my characters, <laughs> but here he is waving the cokey flag um. One of two cokey performers in this movie, I'll say. The other is Kim Coates, who I love, but he is he's got a cokey energy as well. The, he's the... got some kind of energy. It's oh boy. It's, it's a sweaty energy. That's what he's got. Yeah. He seems like he's constantly like sweating and like he's erratic and just like maybe just, he's right his teeth a little however, bit. However however he can make the vein in his head stick out like on his own, like through acting, that's that's him. That's Kim Coates. I think um I just miss the days when it wasn't like, um, and this is really, sorry, old man yelling at the clouds, when it wasn't always Chris Pratt being plugged into everything. Like, casting, to be so creative as to cast Kim Coates and Rhea Perlman as a cop and a meter maid, respectively, who are exes, is just, like, interesting and inspired to me that you don't really get that kind of weird. Maybe you do, and I just don't notice it these days, that casting, but, like, Whoa, <laughs> it's it's odd. I mean, for me, like I never knew who this. I still don't know. I can't name anything else Kim Coates has been in or done. But I love him in this movie. So yeah, like not Sons to, of Anarchy. is a big one for for oh, him. Okay, all right. Uh, not to we're not going to bury the lead. I, at least for me, I uh, enjoy this movie. This was mm-hmm. a movie that we did see mm-hmm. as kids, and we uh, it it came into our lives at just the right time for us to actually enjoy it unironically, um though it is not a great movie. Um it's it's just a tight ninety minute family friendly comedy and uh, there's a there's a place for these in the world, and I dig this one. For Particularly sure. because I, of Kim Coates' performance. Oh, really? A he's a big he's part of it. Shining like, Star. Guys, so you. interesting. He always was interesting. <laughs> to me, he was always this Michael Malley looking guy, but <laughs> That's, I just always refer to him as that Mike O'Malley looking guy. The only you would, Jer, yeah. <laughs> refer to him as that Mike O'Malley looking guy. Well, I was uh, a sure perfect fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. That, that precedes guts. Right, right. That's, um, and then, I don't know, my introduction to Kim Coates was probably uh, he was on Entourage for a couple of episodes and then like he's in like one of the darkest episodes where he does get coked out in a bathroom and blow his brains out with spoilers oh, but also um he's in Waterworld as this kind of this slimy stowaway uh, attempted rapist spoilers for yeah. Waterworld, but like he's got he was like he's weasley in that one like he's you know it's kind of fun to see except for that attempted rape to see him be such a, a weasel you know sure he does it well uh, and then Rhea, Rhea Pearlman, who we talked about over the weekend, uh, you didn't see Barbie yet, but she is in Barbie. Uh, I won't spoil anything. Um, maybe I already did at the time. Sorry if I did. But um, I don't think you did. I, and if you okay. did, I don't remember. I've already forgotten. All right. You weren't listening. It's OK. No, I was. Did I remember I? <laughs> her being in Barbie. I just don't remember if you said anything about her. So you probably didn't. OK. Yeah. She's in that. It's And it's like uh, we were talking about how cool it is to see her in in shit like granted you know there's quite a gap between carpool and barbie but to see her in shit just again you know yeah i mean i'm sure she's done like a lot of guest spots on tv and stuff that we just don't watch like a lot of a lot of programs that i just yeah it's it's, beyond me Matilda Carpool, like that was like a big year. Like ninety six was a big year for for Perlman when it comes to like kids geared movies. And yeah. we thought, well, I mean, I Cheers thought, just went off the air a few years ago too. Like at this point too, so I thought she, she could make a real career out of this, being like that sort of. Uh, New, Long Island energy Bring it yeah. to like a kids movie She could play like a witch in this movie She could play like uh, something in this movie You know there's sure. something for Rhea Perlman and everything And then she kind of I don't know Like yeah I guess I didn't really monitor her monitor her. But She's like eh Danny's got it covered <laughs> Don't worry Rhea I'm doing work It's always sunny in Philadelphia It's like summer camp But don't go to the set Never go to the set Rhea Never come to the set Rhea <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just picture, like, they love each other, but, like, he spends a lot of time away from home <laughs> hanging out with the sunny crew and <laughs> it's shit. The one, it's the one thing that, like, would make somebody around them uncomfortable is how adamant he is that he, she does not see him at work. Do <laughs> not come. come to my work for you. <laughs> Especially on that sunny set. I can't have you there. I can't have you there. And it is him at his most depraved. So, like, but... Yeah, it's just funny to think about, but um Yeah, this has been a while since I saw this movie. Watched it on YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. Oh, hey. Free did, movie. how did you watch it? Uh hey whatever one of the services that I had Hulu have was playing. Maybe Hulu. No, got it Hulu. was it, I do have Hulu. Um it was uh, I don't know, actually. I must have deleted it already. Whatever it was. Maybe Hulu. Maybe Paramount anyway, Plus, I don't know. Watch it on YouTube. It's a good it's a good <laughs> copy. Uh, but um that's so cool to I like this is preamble. We're we're getting into the plot, but um it's so cool to see David Paymer in a starring role too. How interesting is that? He's like mm-hmm. a character actor. And you know, he's he's like a leading man in this. Like he's got kids he has to look after, he's playing it straight against Tom Arnold, you know? Mm-hmm. Still I just get, think it's... getting getting moments of attempted comedy, you know. I mean, it's fine for a family comedy. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's good, but I think Listen, how do yeah, you think he fine. is? I think he's I think he's really good in this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I like everybody in this movie, despite how uh, Canadian a couple of them are. Uh, you know, like I, I dig, uh, I dig everything about this movie. I told you over everything. the weekend, like it, it moves fast. That to its credit, yeah. it, like. Move super fast. It does. It's it, the movie's kind of like, uh, one big chase essentially. Um, so yeah, it's a, it is a tight run the, time. The, it does the, go by the, quick. The biggest criticism that I would honestly give this movie, you know, and again, I, I grade on the curve of this being a family movie. So I know that there's certain things that are a little more, uh, uh, spelled out. There's not room for a lot of subtle humor in a movie mm. like this. um, but the biggest problem that I would say for this movie is just the the repeated. Uh, I, I have to get to the office. Like I, we get it, we have gotten it, Daniel. Yeah. We we understand that you need to get there for your presentation. I'll tell you that it didn't. That part didn't bother me. And I'll tell you on the flip side, one thing that I appreciated was just how often he was trying to be like. I I think it's time you get another getaway vehicle and you let you turn us loose. Like he was kept insisting for like, I yeah. like I like the his insistence because he is just looking after these kids' this, best interest. But like, yeah, yeah. Th- this is another movie that also like shows you uh the simplicity of writing a movie. Like like he's not a complicated character. Like he's he's pretty much got one sole focus. Like, OK, yeah, he's like uh, pays less attention to his kids than he does at work. Go like that's it. Like that's all the, he he's a sitcom dad. Yes. They, he's Yeah. A, a workaholic sitcom dad. And his wife is a sitcom mom whose episode is the sick episode because every sitcom mom has the episode where the dad kind of has to take over the household and does yeah. things he's not accustomed to because the, the mom mi- is sick. The Mr. Mom episode, because, you yeah. know, men can't handle Whoa. any of that. Let me juggle in pots and pans. Whoa. Caitlin is sick. I make her work. I, I, <laughs> I, say, I say get up. I don't care. I don't care. You, this family can't run without you. I can't. You, I have no skills whatsoever <laughs> on my own. You hit her with the Tommy Lee Jones. I don't care. Whatever. She says she's sick and has a fever. Yep. Uh and you point a gun at her too, just like Tommy Lee Jones at the that scene. I tell and her, look, fugitive. I've had a h I've had a hard day. <laughs> I, 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 she says, I don't care. And then we both we, like, oh, we both, both jonesed it. each other. You're Jones in each other. That's right. Um that's, and with then, the, I don't cares. That's how most arguments just go unresolved. Because we <laughs> just well, in every relationship, there needs to be a fugitive and there needs to be a pursuant and it needs to be a Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And uh, you that's, can't both be the pursuers. You know, That's what that movie should have been called. It should have been called the pursuant. The pursuant. The, the pursuer. Yeah. Because, you know, half the movie is about him pursuing John Kimmel. It, it's more about the pursuer. Honestly, like, I think Oddly. it is one of Tommy Lee Jones's best uh, performances because he's so like... I've said this. I tweeted back when I was on Twitter years ago to "We hate movies" because I feel like they borrowed the the bebopping and scatting. Like they've appropriated the term. He's bebopping and scatting for like improvising jokes all over movies. You know, George does it on Seinfeld, but I feel like they they've taken it and they've made it their thing. All this to say, in Fugitive, Jerry, have you seen the Fugitive? I have not seen the Fugitive. Oh. A good Chicago movie. Um, he Tommy Lee Jones is bebopping and scatting all over yeah, that movie. Yeah, really? Seriously, yeah. yeah. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> Interesting. I just he doesn't seem like a man who's got that much rhythm, right? He's bebopping, scat around a movie, but he does. He's so he's funny in that movie, like super funny. Uh, it's weird, but um, anyway, uh, carpool, David Pamer, Tom Arnold, carpool. weird more pairing, like, more like ADR pool, right? thank you i think uh that's, that's another good, cr- another criticism of this movie is like oh was there anything shot like was anything recorded on the on the day on set like seriously i i did i started to take notice it was around the time and i know this is probably too late but like it does sometimes those things don't just they just i don't know cut me some slack sometimes you can say you, you can uh sometimes they pass you know like yeah yeah I I hope it does every time I try. Fact, I hate looping, but we have a, to there, do it. There's a there's a scene in an early episode of Thirty Rock where where uh, Tina Fey and and Jenna Maroney are walking up into like outside to the building, uh-huh. uh, and it wasn't until like my second or third fourth viewing of Thirty Rock, going through the whole series, not in 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 a row, you know, we spaced these out. Uh, but I didn't realize until like the third or fourth viewing, I was like, oh my God, this entire scene is looped. Like (laughs) there's no actual dialogue recorded live. Like they just got the footage and they went into the studio afterwards. So yeah, like it, sometimes it's, it's passable. Not so much in, in a lot of this. And, And it is, it's, it's Tom Arnold has a specific, like he has a screamy kind of dialogue, I don't know, would you say it lends itself to constant looping or not in this movie? I, it's noticeable, so I guess it doesn't. Because like, it was, I would say, probably 15 minutes into the movie is when I noticed that this movie is heavily looped. And it, of course, it's driving scenes and cameras, equipment, and crews are very loud just to keep up and shoot driving, live yeah. driving. Um, You almost have to, you have to loop. That, uh, uh, That's another thing I, I will say to this credit, is that there, there's nothing like all of this is actual driving around you know there's mm-hmm. no uh and if it is in a studio it is the best like
1: green real projection screen, or uh, green screen
0: driving I've ever seen I, I think you're I think it is all on location it's just um I've I've had this uh because I've cut driving scenes together where the, you're driving down the street and the continuity just kind of passes because it's a residential kind or a business district or whatever. And uh, maybe you're half a mile up the same road, but it, it doesn't matter. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, there are moments like that in the editing where I'm like, okay, minor, minor, minor forgivable continuity that tells me that, yeah, they did shoot this, uh, I believe, all on location. Yeah. In yeah. a car. So that's cool. Um, but Rhea perlman has got a sweet meter made mobile. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tur- Sorry. Turbines and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, they did not uh, get much of the dialogue (laughs) on those streets. Yeah.
1: Or they just went in afterwards uh...
0: like, we just need to tighten this fucking movie up. And then they just had him bridge gaps that were not there before. And there are there are lines like that. It's at the end. I remember Hammerman and it's a big line. I guess we'll get there at the end. It's such a big uh bridges and answers so many uh questions the audience would be left having if they yeah. didn't loop that Hammerman line at the end. That's so yeah. obvious. Anytime a large amount of dialogue is not being is not on the person who's speaking it, there's a good yeah. chance that's coming after the fact. That's what I'm worried about. Any leeway when it comes to docs, Jer, especially when the camera operator, I mean, when the camera operator is behind the camera, there's lots of room for leeway. But, uh, other than that, cause, um, there are some moments in the edit where I'm like, um, we aren't seeing the subject anyway. i I guess I'll let you be the judge when I show you a rough cut of the movie, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But, um, yeah, I guess we can get into it here. It's, um, it's like it's, it's an ensemble comedy two two grown up dudes and some some kids in a van for the majority of the runtimes, And you get to know these kids pretty well. So, yeah. And I was, you know, like I had a memory of there being not more kids, but a more diverse group of kids. And really, it's just mm-hmm. one family and then this other kid who has to be part of the car f- f- pool. Really, you know, it's like two sisters mm-hmm. and then this other kid. It's right, right, like, right. It's not like they go to five different houses and have to pick up five different kids. It's just no it's two true. houses. That's it. Yeah, you're right. It does seem like it would be at least three stops or whatever, but um, I don't know. Uh, this film was theatrically theatrically released with Superior Duck as the preceding cartoon. Is that's a uh, Looney I, Tunes I, cartoon? Is it? Yeah, Superior Duck. That is. You remember like Carrot Blanca. And Chariots of Fur. uh, No, not really. Uh, Chariots of Fur played in front of Richie Rich. Hmm. Carrot Blanca played in front of the Amazing Panda Adventure in theaters. That was kind of like what Warner Brothers was doing with their theatrical releases. were playing Looney Tunes shorts, like new ones, uh, in front of their movies. So one of them was Superior Duck, and that was in front of Carpool. So pretty cool. A Daffy short in front of this movie. That's a nice uh, way to pad up the time too, you know. You've got a, uh, a, a just shy of ninety minute comedy. Uh, nice to have a little extra time in there. Although some sure. people now would argue, like, get the fuck out of the theater in two hours, <laughs> and you're a happy person. Yeah, I was gonna ask, uh, would you like a Looney Tunes short in front of your uh, kids' movie that you'd taking uh, you're taking your son to? Um, like in the, it depends. Like, uh, I don't know. Like I'm gonna try. <laughs> it's I'm gonna, be I, good might, I might be taking both of them to Paw Patrol this weekend because Caitlin's gone this weekend, so I just saw Patrol, and it's my sitcom uh, weekend where I'm like, how am I gonna handle it? The wife is out of town. Uh, there's going spaghetti some, in my hair. There's gonna be some some chaos and some deep bonding moments with my sons. Oh all yes. with some real sappy dramatic push-ins. Jack's gonna reveal <laughs> something about his school life that I did not know at all. And even Caitlin didn't know, but I'm gonna resolve the whole thing before she gets back. And she's never gonna to have to hear a word about it. There's gonna be some sitting on the edge of the bed. Yep. <laughs> while you're you're talking, but not not looking directly at them, but kind of side looking at them like yeah. the parents do. Where I cheat out, but my head is kind of turned towards them. <laughs> yes. my my hand is on the back of his head as I talk to him very softly. Yep. Perfect. Yep. That sounds like resolution time to me. Yeah, uh, so that's that's what's on the plan this weekend. But anyway, perfect. Paw Patrol. As I was saying, I mm-hmm. think this one is closer to ninety minutes. But like the first one was like eighty minutes, seventy-seven minutes, like or something. It was like yeah. real short, and I'm just like. On one hand, it was like, well, I would have been. It would have been nice to get a little bit more for my money. But on the other hand, my kid's not like, when are we gonna go? You know, like when is the movie star? You know, and he was, you know, gonna... a year and a half younger at the time. So, so the sequel is longer. Is that what you're saying? I think it's slightly longer, but it's still well, like they got more to say in the Saw, the it's, Saw Patrol on, it's universe. The, <laughs> it's the mighty. It's the mighty movie. You know, it's they got a, a mighty script, a mighty story. Oh, yeah, yeah, they got to pack big. in a lot.
1: So yeah, already, I feel bigger. like I'm
0: getting more for my money good that's good you know and you are taking them to saw uh yeah we're doing the we're doing doing the double feature yeah you know just because it's rated r it says uh under 17 not admitted without a parent or you know i'm i'm the parent so like right right. the theater i don't care amc (laughs) kiss my ass yeah (laughs) give me some snow caps what do you want i'm off to the side you already don't have snow caps in your fucking concessions do you, do you still get snow caps? you like snow caps? I, I have to get snow caps. I can't you go You have to get snow caps. I, I am at a point in my life where if I don't get snow caps going to the movies, either I've filled up on garbage food like already that day or that weekend, and I'm like, I need a break from everything, including popcorn, or I'm just sad. Well, you know me, Jerry. When I go to the movies, I love my popcorn. Movies? <laughs> movies. Popcorn. <and> popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> That fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's great. It's great because the life that's in his eyes as he says it, he just really seems like he believes it, uh, and he for seems those, like. <laughs> for those who don't know, Nicole Kidman, his ex, had to cut that whole AMC theater thing, which we all know that that going to the movies is magical. Yes. To which they're Tom making Cruise. a sequel, by the way, where like great. they're they're making another one with her in it. Wonderful franchise, uh, you know, maybe some spinoffs, but. Um, but all Tom Cruise had to do was make a three-second video of him in some green room with a bucket of popcorn and just like on some shitty iPhone sitting on the couch and going, love popcorn. Movies? Popcorn. And that's it. That's, that's <laughs> it. I bet that got more asses in seats to at least Mission Impossible that weekend than uh, and Nicole Kidman and her AMC video. I'll tell you what I don't like is how like in the way that you don't like how Jerry Seinfeld sometimes cre- like gives off this air of being the mayor of comedy. I yes. don't like that. Uh, Tom Cruise seems to be like the president of movies in which of like, cinema. Yes. And in which, like <laughs> He has to vouch for things in order for us to go. Like, guys, Barbie, I, I went there. Look, here's my ticket. I'm proving that I'm going. I'm sure that he sat in a public theater and watched the whole thing. I know. And I'll tell you, Jer. And this, uh, you know, this is the reason I got into film. Tarantino. I don't need his endorsement. I don't need to know what he thinks of every movie that comes out. I, I don't. I don't. I don't give a fuck what any of them say. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what reviewers or critics think. Like, let alone what uh, these so Jared, filmmakers think. You're not going to follow me on Letterbox is what you're saying. I'm. I. I. I started a Letterboxd one time with the intention of. That. Writing something about Babe because it was the most baffling movie I had seen in a long time. Would have loved to see that. I and then too too much time had passed and my passion for the speech had faded away. So mm. I have the letterboxed and if I ever watch Babe again, a few years from now, I'll start. So writing. you're just using letterbox for Babe. That was my plan. I mean, I'm I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not using it for anything. I actually I've never actually like. Babe exclusive and maybe Babe 2, Pig in the City. Maybe. Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't vouch for Babe 2, Pig in the City. I was uh, watching Babe as a Christmas movie as as a day one or a day two title because it, like, it's like it's light. It's Christmas for a brief moment in that movie. And, uh, on the Scoville scale of, of Christmassy, mm-hmm, so to yeah. speak, it's, it's, it's pretty low. It's the first one you're tasting. It's man, lemon pepper. Hot ones, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit. So uh there's uh this movie's about Daniel Miller, right? Yes played yeah. by David Paymer. David Paymer, uh not Larry Fine, never got a chance to play him either. You know? What a, sure. what a disappointing you're um, pissing me off here because like you're and you're blowing my mind because he was born to be Larry Fine. In I, a movie. I'm I'm not even joking. I think there was a point where he was lined up to play Larry oh. in, in one version of a Three Stooges movie Dude. that came after the Mel Gibson one but before the Farrelly Brothers one. Mel Gibson. Yeah, he produced that made for TV. Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. it's funny to call it the Mel Gibson <laughs> I <know>. one. <laughs> I can call it the Michael Chiklis one, or you know. There he, you go. Um. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, man, Jared, that's David Palmer as Larry. That's just some hundred percent spot on casting. You know? Right. I mean, yeah, he looks like he's the bastard son of uh, <laughs> of, of Larry Fine. I would have loved that. Put a just fiddle I'll... in his hand and let him grow that frizz out. Yeah, I'm telling. You, like, uh, I know I'm, now. I'm starting a, a new tab here. But if I was a filmmaker with clout, and if anybody gave a shit, and I don't even care if anybody would, I would make a Three Stooges like dramatic biopic. But I would do it from Larry's perspective as my my anchor, and my and I would make David Palmer my fucking Larry. That's like, not. A, I mean, like. <laughs> David Paymer aside, the idea of a Stooges movie from Larry's perspective is interesting because he's the one that nobody gives enough credit to. Right. It's always about Curly and Moe. Of course, Moe was the leader. He has to be the one. No, show fucking Larry. I want to see. (laughs) Uh, Larry's the the one who – he can comment on all the other fucking replacements for Curly and Curly Joe and all that – and Joe and and all that shit. Exactly. He's like a constant in him and Mo, of course, but I don't want I don't, to, I don't need to see it from Mo's perspective. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is about Daniel Miller. And um, of course he has to, he's forced to drive his uh, family carpool uh, that morning and he's got a big presentation, but can we talk about these titles first? Like the first thing we see in the movie? Yeah. You because... want to talk about like, this is a time <laughs> where they used to do like animated uh, opening credits, but this oh. is its own beast. It's so it's it's unimaginative and bad because it's just the word carpool and it's like the lines on a road and they just they pass by in patterns and swerves very fast. And that's in different colors. That's the whole scheme with a black background, you know. Mm carpool 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 and you get casting by and you got the cast and everything but while you're seeing all of this and i don't know if any other movie has done this i can't think of any other movie that's done this where you hear characters who aren't in the movie just serving just kind of setting the table for the tone of of what it's like to wake up in the morning and get in a carpool like you got random extras who are just doing like uh, like like tiny sketches where they're like uh, get out of bed it's time to get up it's like I already went to school yesterday and then they like they take five seconds they do another like yes. Sunday morning comic strip equivalent joke it's a series of five second blackouts in audio form. And they are like they make no mistake, they are like Sunday morning comic strip, like level or like cutesy bully, you know. I'll tell you what it is. It's it's uh they had a punch up meeting. They got like four or five comics and writers in a room to help beef up the script of Carpool, and uh-huh. they took literally the first joke that came off of everyone's <laughs> head and they're like, Perfect, that works. The the first joke we hear, I believe, is a mom saying, and it's just who who knows who, this disembodied voice of a mom and her kids. They could be in purgatory. <laughs> this could be purgatory. You could be listening but, to the dead. But the mom is. Those are dead people. <laughs> <You hear laughs> um, They're dead. Man on the moon. But um the 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 mom is saying, uh, I don't want that thing in the car. And then the you hear a little girl say, but it's my brother. And then, like, another, hey, blackout. Everyone's clapping. Uh-huh. It says, too much light makes the baby go blind. Just yeah. five-second little shitty sketches. Although I haven't seen it. I don't think they're shitty in that show. But this no. is shitty. Um, uh, Look, they are ma- a yeah. series of two-minute plays that are new every single week. They can't Just, all be gold. Yeah. New every week. Yeah, they can't. Um, I, think I respect was, that. I don't know. I don't even know if the show still runs anymore. I think uh, I'm I'm I, I think it would be cool if we ripped it off essentially. I I don't like um I I have um if we ever got back into sketches we used to produce sketch comedy. I have like so far I may have maybe like twenty uh, bite size sketches. You know, right. Sh- I feel like short forms the future. You know. Um. Yeah, as attention spans just keep getting <laughs> tinier and tinier. <laughs> right so anyway uh then we finally catch up with daniel miller he's got a big presentation today and it's they have to acquire the hammerman account and hammerman is this very uppity highfalutin grocery store Uh, yeah it's like like whole foods with a like a fucking breadstick up its ass it's it's like uh mariano's with a smaller budget and more flair and whole foods had a baby yeah it's um and i worked at mariano's and i uh i don't know what the the, guess what we had donuts there that's what i that's what i hey it's relevant now i was the donut guy at mariano's for just like a year and a half couple years overnight i was working nights and I'd fry them and I'd frost them. I listened to my music on my my boom box that I'd carry on because it had also an iPod dock. You, and did, uh, you, did you did you frost them with like that that rack thing that you flip them over? Like I saw it on TikTok one time. Somebody at like Dunkin' Donuts like frosting like forty donuts all at once. I was like that was no, cool. Oh, I did it, it one like at that. a time. And uh, I had two giant bowls that had heaters underneath. And uh, one was chocolate, one was vanilla. And you get it just the right consistency, and you dip, you shake. And then you'd set it down carefully. I so I I handled handcrafted every, every goddamn those. donut in that place. That's right. That's right. If went to a specific Mariano's between a specific period of time, I you had a damn donut. The Frankfurt, Illinois one, yeah, from uh, 2015 to maybe 14 to 16. Yeah, overnight. You have a donut in that in that span of time. My I enjoyed Touched it. it. My brother touched it. <laughs> This is, I don't think I was supposed to do it, but um, I'd get done early, and my shift was from 11 to 6, but I'd punch out at, like, 5 a.m., and I'd just be like, later. I, the donuts are done. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> later. Done. Yeah, what they do you never – they never call that me out. And usually, hourly jobs like that, they're like, uh, <laughs> like, dude. But they're like, if you don't want the extra hour money, like, fuck it, you know? I know. And I, I don't understand why people get like that because it's like, I'm saving right. you money. I'm an hourly employee and I'm done with my work. I'm not neglecting yeah. anything. Let me save you money and my time. I hate hourly anyway. That's a whole other thing, though. Everybody should be salary in my book. I know that's oh, idealistic, I, I, but I, I disagree really it behooves me if i ever have to work overtime i don't want to have to work for the same Uh, amount of money i get time and a half i i I, you're right i didn't think of it like that because we don't work overtime in my job in my field so or at least you uh, you should be salaried many people should be salaried that are hourly but yeah hourly sometimes it works get away with bullshit got it um but anyway he, I don't know, I guess Daniel Miller is salary, and he works for, uh, what is this? this, Is an advertising campaign? Some some company, some fucking name yeah. and name company. Right, like Johnson and & Johnson and Fuckwad, uh, yeah. you know, Inc. And, fuckwad um, and Prickhole. Hi, nice to meet you. Dan, I'm uh, Jonathan Fuckwad. Uh, nice to meet you. This is my company hi, here. Hi, Arthur Prickwad. <laughs> Prickhole. <laughs> <laughs> Prickwad, what the hell? Uh, uh, Nick Douchechill, how you doing? Yeah. Or uh, uh, don't get get juice chill up in a bind. Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, fuck it all. Yeah, Jimmy, fuck it all. Yeah, sorry, I'm not so good with those. But um uh daniel's got uh he wants to get they want to get the hammerman's accounts right he's got his big presentation he's got his no, brief they have ready to. to they go. have to he's have been to up all it. night practicing his speech for the That's for right. the hammerman account honey i'm coming right into this movie announcing that i have to have the hammerman account and she's coming in the movie saying i threw up three times in the or like a like a bunch of times in the last three hours or and she's just like i feel like death you have to do the carpool and at first she's like honey I'm sick. And he's all like, well, that's nice. I'll call you from work later when I'll check up on you. Which tie looks better? Is it the striped one or the solid one? You know, he's very involved with himself right now. You you know, what? if you ever find yourself asking uh, your wife or somebody, which tie do you think looks better? This one or this one? (laughs) Maybe take one moment to make sure that everything in the house is okay, because television and movies will show you that something is askew in your relationship when you're (laughs) asking this question. Yeah, like your priorities are are out of whack when you're asking about your ties, guys. There's probably more important things than your ties, if if movies have shown us anything and shows. But um, they got to get that account, and he's like, no, I can't do the carpool not today. Like this is important. She's like, what time's your big meeting? Four o'clock. You know, it's like seven a.m. And he's like, uh, uh, he's freaking oh, out about this. I'm already. Se- he's one of these. I'm already seven minutes late, guys. Where he's got his mm-hmm. everything. Everything finely tuned and uh, uh, down to the moment. Yep. But his wife Diane Miller guilt him essentially. But like he just you should just do it. Just be a good dad. Yeah. Who cares? He has to learn this. How though, fucking guys. long does it take to take kids to school? Like just. I know Bucky, that's my question, though, because when he gets Andrew and Bucky, Andrew is the younger kid with the slick back hair and the sleeveless checker uh, flannel vest and like the, yeah. the purple hoodie underneath. Totally 90s looking uh, little like 10 year old. And then you got Bucky, who's like, of course, you need the teen uh, with 80s and 90s movies and comedies, especially the teenage older brother, who's just nothing but just like horny hormones raging all the time i don't middle part with the backwards hat on horny hasn't ever touched a boob before apparently there could be babes there man there's gonna be girls and that's like that's what but like it's um, fucking the same wiener from hocus Pocus, pocus basically like you know, oh, like the same type of hey, character. Hey, you can't compare Omri Katz to this uh, this actor, to this Larry Kroger looking motherfucker. At <laughs> least call him Larry Kroger from uh, Animal House. I don't mean, know. He gives off a Larry Kroger vibe. But Micah Gardner, he's is oh, he's this uh, actor, so Canadian. He's very Canadian. He's very like. Um, effeminate this uh this boy it's funny that he's playing such a horny teen because he's like gives off such a like effeminate energy no shade it's just like he doesn't seem like he's interested in girls and and uh and boobs yeah, as quite much. frankly you could have flipped the brothers and it would have made more sense <laughs> i suppose but um he's so he he spends the movie obsessing over rachel lee cook in one of her earliest roles is kayla uh, this Britney Spears dressed like hit me baby one more time in the plaid skirted white shirt but predating look. it like yeah right yeah. yeah she set it yeah, up a couple years pretty. yeah um and so uh, she comes out and of course he's like oh I'm in I'm a oh yo oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and she comes out and uh, she sits uh, next to him she's like uh bucky can i get in and I know I'm jumping around, but like I'm just setting up all the characters. Um, he has to go pick up the the boys, or he has to take the boys to the um, the school, right? But, but they, my question but is, they got to get Travis, the weirdo kid that nobody wants get, on the carpool but has to be there. Yep, you got you got Travis, who's uh, AKA Froggy from Little Rascals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan War- Warkle is uh, Warkel? Warkel? you got chelsea who is kayla's younger sister she's the other young kid in this there's three little ones mm-hmm. there's uh there's of course um the kid we just mentioned andrew and then there's uh there's chelsea and then there's froggy oh, <laughs> travis. and travis you got the frog, two now. the two teens the middle schoolers in the back you know the 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 cool ones are mm-hmm. like you know cool quote unquote and um that's it. Those are all the kids, right? And David Paymer has to take them to school. And my question is how far away is the school? Because they seem to be driving for a while after he finally gets them all. Yeah. And he has to stop at Hammerman's on the way to school. Like, cause they spill co- uh, Travis spills it's, coffee on him. Well, it's just weird because like, and I can't speak for every state or every, even every city, but like everywhere we've lived, We've never had to drive on like what is a major shopping like strip to get to school, you know, and it feels like, you know, like I don't know. I've never had to like pass by like an area where there's like a target across from like a whole strip mall. And that's what this feels like. They're just like, oh, we're going to stop at Hammerman's. Like, is this even conveniently on the way? It looks like you're going 10 minutes out of the way to go to a place that's like huge. So like, yeah, I I don't know where the school is. He's got to be a company man, I guess, and go to Hammerman's. But um, he, uh, they pick up the kids. There's like, what what can be said about these scenes? Little, um, little Chelsea moves really slowly. That's her she, whole thing. That doesn't yeah. really go anywhere beyond the first scene or two. Like it, it's yeah. never really useful or anything ever again. Um, you know, Kayla's the young hot thing that Bucky obsesses over. We know what Bucky's about. Andrew's yeah. just kind of like, I don't know, just a little kid who's just kind of like, well, mischievous, yeah. but not as mischievous as Travis or weird, you know. Andrew and Rachel Lee Cook both have no character. Like, it's yeah. just they're a uh, little boy and teenage girl. That's that's all you need to play. Girls don't fart is what fart. she said. That's her big line in this movie. Girls don't fart. fart. Um, so. He has to take the kids. Like, yeah. And, like, we're warned about Travis before he comes and gets Travis at his house. And, like, when they open the slidey door, he pops up and he's got a shower cap on and goggles. And he goes, Greetings, earthlings. Prepare to be probed. And he shoots a slingshot with, like, a little paper ball at David Pamer's head. He goes, Alien terminated. He gets inside and he sits in the front seat and, um, you know, he's, like, as far as weird, crazy kids go, this kid's, pr- like, pretty chill. Like, there are way yeah. worse kids than Travis. He's, fun. there's w- worse kids at my kid's birthday party this weekend. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't have to tell me. But, um, but no, like, Travis is fine. He just dresses weird, and you know that he's going to get to the school, and the teacher's going to be like, Travis, I told you before, no shower cap in school. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to take it off, and they're going to suppress him. And what's even more curious is at the end and this was a cliche i believe in 90s comedy like speaking of little rascals when you see the parent who looks just like their kid Mm -hmm. because like just i don't know that's just the way it works with parents and kids and cartoons um, but his dad is wearing a shower cap and goggles at Mm -hmm. the end and it's just like you take after your weird dad but like to what end is is your dad impaired? Well, really, is he being eccentric, or yeah, no, really, it's that it, that he does it in solidarity with his father, who's really like not all there. And, and, right. You know. It's actually quite sweet of young Travis <laughs> yeah. to yeah. empathize like that. You so know. So David Pamer's a fuckwad, is what he is. You and can't a In twenty twenty three, that shit would not fly to even question this boy. You know. So someone needs, a, fuck. Someone needs to speak to Larry. Can we talk about the music in this movie and how much I don't really like it? Uh, I don't really like it. And there it is. It's weird. It's like it's uh, I think it's the instrumentation, really. It's it's the type of that he chooses in in the score. It's just a little too like, you know, like 90s family. It's it's very cartoon. (laughs) Right. Some moments are better, but like that opening number with the titles is is grading to me. It's just a little too like cutesy, like really, really cute, like shitty. Um, No, everything in this movie is straight out of the uh, cliche family comedy playbook. Yeah. uh, Right down to the to the type of score that they're using. I'm sorry, John Debney. I'm sure you've done other good scores. This one. eh, I wasn't I'm I'm not a kid. Maybe kids love this score. I don't know. And I'm, I'm sure he's not like super proud of his carpool <laughs> score. You know, it's probably <laughs> one of the, yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll do it. I can make it fun. Yeah. Moving on. Let's get I him get on the, here. Uh, now I want the real job, you know. Let's get him on here. Let's set the record work. straight. Be hey, John. Uh, for our what if for our final episode of 90 under 90 we have uh the music the composer of carpool john debney on and we talk about a movie that's not carpool with him (laughs) well we're so excited for our final episode to be talking about a man who was very heavily involved in a movie we talked about eight weeks ago (laughs) but we can't we're not gonna talk about third season we're not talking about it this episode. So I'm sorry. Any story you had, John, just, you know, save it. And actually, because of the strike, we're not allowed to promote the movie. And he's not, so we're not allowed, he is not allowed mm. to talk about the movie. He can even talk though he's about not it, right? Covered under the Writers Guild. He can't, he just can't promote it. Like, is that the gray area? You can, you can mention it, that you were in it. You just can't say, go see it, right? I don't know. I think that's enough it. about the, the gray areas of, you yeah, know, I think it also probably depends on who's saying what, you know. Right, right. Certain people are not going to get in trouble by any guild for saying certain things. I think that Bill Maher and Drew Barrymore aren't going to get away with saying much these days. <laughs> okay, come on, good God! They, if only we can get Bill Maher to shut the fuck up, right? He's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm liberal. Consider myself a liberal, but I remember, um. I just I watched enough real time to go, what a liberal douchebag. Is what is my, my take on Bill Maher was. He's, Now I'm not even sure how liberal he is. He's now. just a like, douchebag, and I think yeah. he's uh, he just likes he's libertarian. To push, push buttons. Yeah, he is a he is a douche. Yeah. The, the the people who are just out there to push buttons. Yeah. But um David Paymer, Tom Arnold. Listen, Tom Arnold gets a pass for me for life.
1: Because
0: I, I heard about his uh, his past abuse and um, to rise above that and transcend that and uh, make a career out in, in comedy for yourself is uh, very. and Of course, by his past abuse, we're talking about his relationship with Rose, <laughs> who was <laughs> not a nice yeah, that, person. that's definitely part of it. Um, sexual abuse as a kid, I believe. I believe he was. uh Yes, I believe. There yeah, was yeah. So else. anybody who's suffered that and goes on to become any career personality in my household who isn't a scumbag is cool with me, you know. And I think Tom, as far as we know, Tom Arnold is safe. He just had some, maybe some substance issues and oh, dated yeah. Roseanne, married no, Roseanne. No, and, no question about either of their substance issues. Yeah, but yeah, it, you know, he. Uh, I I believe that he is is safe. Yeah friends with Dax Shepard very close friends with Dax um sober buddies you know so uh, uh good influence and I think when you use him right and, and in the right uh capacity i.e. true lies I think it's his, probably his best work um I and think certainly the most credible thing that he has mm. on his like resume and he said he's had some good uh, little little moments on Roseanne too, where his character like is going through some kind of personal crisis, and Dan kind of talks him down, you know. Yeah, like he's they, only got like three or four, like you know, he's he's got a handful of episodes in there. Yeah, he, he marries uh, uh fucking Sandra Bernhard's character at one. point. forget that he was a a writer. Was it as long as he was married? Obviously, as long as he was married to her, I'm thinking uh, he was a writer on Roseanne, right? I think so. Yeah. He uh, like, was definitely too. like the story editor, like, but whether or not he deserved that or if that was a little bit of uh <laughs> My husband's gonna be taking <laughs> his job over. Dude, how cool would it be though? Like even if it is like that dynamic, like to work for Tom Marlowe, he'd probably be one of your coolest bosses ever, I think. I would imagine. I don't uh, know. Yeah, like cool ass dude, but um I'm just speculating. Um so yeah, like I it's, I think it's cool that he got a shot, like with, with a a movie like carpool in 1996 you know like let's let's try him out see if he actually this movie makes some money like it does he have star power you know and the answer was eh. no. they shot this for 17 million and it earned 3.3 million at the box so no is the answer you know yeah but uh they tried you know they really tried so back to the movie how does he get involved with David Palmer and the kids? It's a whole kind of complicated thing. So yeah, thing. David Paymer goes to stop at Hammerman's, which none of the kids like because they don't have donuts. So he's gonna get some Danish. Um, this old lady happens to peek into the car. She comes back later. He goes into the bakery. Tom Arnold is uh, out. We we have seen him at his home, uh, uh, and he's got he's one of those guys that lives with his mother, you know? And, and, yep. and so he's the sitcom character. Who's always like, but mom, and mom is always like, the mom like, is basically Roseanne in this. And he's basically just yelling at her. Like, I need to get out of this relationship. Roseanne. The mother um, <laughs> played by three different, the voice by three that. different women. It's the, you want to talk like the most egregious ADR. It's just like, they must have had Kathleen Freeman, uh-huh. the main voice of the mother. Uh-huh. And then at some point, she must have been too busy to come back and do more lines. So they're like, let's get Edie McClure. And then at one point, she must have been too busy. So they're like, we'll get one other woman who's done nothing that I can remember. Um, What's her name? Kathleen Freeman is from Blues Brothers. Of course, yes. she's sister Mary Stigmata, mm-hmm. a.k.a. The Penguin. Um, is she, what else, uh, gosh. Is she in, is she Biff's grandmother? No, that's not, that's not Kathleen Freeman. Cause th- I swear the voice of Tom Arnold's mom in this sounds like Biff's grandma in Back to the Future 2. Perhaps the third Maybe lady is these, the one yeah, who let me did. See. The, uh, yeah, yeah, let's she see. McClure, I, like, she's got like two of the like, lines that the mother says. It's really strange why they have this, like, triumvirate doing the voices for this mother <laughs> but anyway so she's, she's not miriam lynn uh, wow edie mcclurk we know who edie McClure. she's the yeah. isn't she like the from ferris bueller she's yeah. working with the dean yeah, why yeah. is she the voice of fucking <laughs> the, uh, tom arnold's mom in this don't forget be weird. edie mcclurk hermit hattie from uh the Wee Herman show oh oh shit yeah Going all the way back to that. She's been a part of Dang. our lives since we were little ones. Dang. Um. Okay, so. No, but yeah, it's I don't, I don't know the third, no, the third it's not. But it's, I thought it was Biff's grandmother. You know, it's funny how as like, a kid you conflate these things. That's yeah. Up until adulthood, I was like, oh, that's Biff's grandmother as the voice of Tom Arnold's mother in uh, Carpool. Nope. nope. The penguin. Um, so, yeah, he does live with his mother, and her thing is she needs to go to the Sizzler, and since she's such a large woman, she uh, takes advantage of their all-you-can-eat buffet, and in, she got kicked out last time. In 2023, the only reason this joke is funny is because it's Sizzler. Yeah. Like, like the joke in 96, it's like, uh, okay, it's very cliche, and it's very sick. This movie is super sitcom Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it is sitcom humor of just like, I'll promise I'll take you to the Sizzler later, mom. But like now just hearing the Sizzler and just Sizzler like throughout the movie all the time and the mom wants to go to Sizzler. The end of this movie takes place at Sizzler. It's just weird, right? Just restaurants that aren't around anymore. It's funny. Do you want to hear, some, like, probably the, the biggest mind-blowing fact about this movie is Arthur Hiller, the director, was the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and <laughs> Sciences at the time of this movie's production. Oh, my God. That is insane. Like, do you oh. think everybody, like, went to the Oscars that year and was just like, this is all bullshit if our president's making carpool? That's great. <laughs> That's, but, awesome. That's why they replaced him with uh, – with Sid, Sid or whatever that guy's name was. Um, I don't know presidents I don't know. of. Uh, I,
1: there's, I there's, know Fran
0: Drescher's SAG present for some weird reason. Yeah, I don't. How know did who, that happen? I don't know, but she's always been pro union, so. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she's great. It's just like so random that, that that the nanny is the like all the SAG actors all under that umbrella. <laughs> Their queen bee is the nanny. You know, it's very weird to me. It is but, uh, amusing, but hey, um, hey, she must be good. She must be ah. It's that laugh that really does it, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all just charmed by her. Uh huh. Um. So anyway, so so yeah, yeah, he leaves house. His uh, um, he needs he he gets a gun, and so he's up to some some shenanigans. The circus people come over so like we learned that very quickly that he's got he's the owner of a circus or a carnival or something laszlo brothers yeah they're all um which who's his brother Where's i know don't know nary the mention of a brother um but he is basically like really but the carnival's not doing well the people are uh needing to find new work because he's not paying them And so he's like, don't worry about it, I'm going to take care of it. And so we were like, oh, okay, gun, that makes sense. He's going to go rob a bank. But he gets to the bank too early, it's closed, so he goes into Hammerman's to kill some time before presumably going back to the bank. Then, at the same time, uh, Todd Berry and Patrick Swayze's younger brother are uh, (laughs) two other robbers who go into Hammerman's Todd, looks like, Barry. He looks like Todd Barry Todd <laughs> Barry he looks like like if Flea and Todd Barry had a baby maybe Maybe. <laughs> I think Todd if you're saying maybe that I'm saying maybe to you're Todd Barry <laughs> <laughs> then you got Anthony LaPaglia from Empire Records and uh so I married an ex-murderer is the other guy right I, sure, I don't know. <laughs> right, who do you think? Who is the other? I just guy? said he was Patrick Swayze's younger brother. He just looks All like right. a little, little, little Patrick Swayze. <laughs> to me, he was giving off a Lapaglia vibe with the I, long hair and the goatee. You know, I uh, don't, I don't know who that is enough to like. No, I, uh, I'm gonna make some calls. <laughs> oh, okay, <I> guys, <laughs> you know, you know, saying that gave me enough of a like. I have a the image became clear enough that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make I'm some gonna... calls. Gonna make some calls. Uh, That's all he does at Empire Records. Is going yeah, make some calls. Uh, make some calls. Um, uh, so yeah, he they they go into they remind me a lot of the of Iggy and and Lemmy from Super Mario Brothers movie. Right on. Um, so they go into Hammerman's to rob the place. Uh, and David oh, pay robbers in this town. He just needs to get to work. Like he. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're. They go in, they rob the place. Uh, The old lady pulls out a gun at one point, and then Tom Arnold pulls out his gun. And uh, so now they're all caught up in in this situation here (laughs) at Hammerman's. Yeah. But my question to you, Jer, is like Hammerman's two parties, separate parties, have had the idea at this time to rob the place simultaneously well I, so, I don't think tom arnold is going into hammerman's with the intention of robbing Hammerman's. Oh, right, he's just right, waiting right. around so these are okay. uh, these idiots are going in like we're gonna rob the bank still right next still, to the bank the point i'm making that i'm about to make is statistically this is a very crime ridden town because Boy. the bank is being robbed the same time that the hammermans is being robbed i think like Probably down the street, this the, the the breakfast nook is being robbed. And then, like, this credit union is being robbed. Yeah. And, like, this daycare is being robbed, you know? Right on the border of Canada in Washington, one of the most crime-ridden oh, areas gosh. in the world. That's what I heard. Every place is getting know. robbed. Uh, Seattle? Forget it. No. Uh-uh. Um, Goodbye. But, yeah, that's what it's, the, you'd have to have you believe because the crime... It's just so insane. And everybody has a gun. Everybody. Everyone's got a gun. The old ladies, the 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 decent criminals, the mediocre criminals, the criminals who've never done it before. Travis. Travis. We've all got duty, guns. And can we talk about the clerk who's checking them out and who's, like, totally, like, snooty? And, of course, because it's a pretentious grocery store that's, like, highfalutin, it, he has to represent that. And he, he doesn't have to, but movies feel the need to have the employees be an extension of what the co- the company is, essentially. Right. And that's what he is in this. He's like, you can buy two peanuts for $2. They're organic. Right. You know, like that kind of tone. Yeah, the and, uh, you're the sausage king of the Midwest, Like that <laughs> exactly. same tone speaking of um, uh, Yeah, they it's shortcuts. This movie takes a lot of shortcuts and by throwing in this wiener we, we get the idea of like, okay, this place is shorthand, yeah. yeah. Like, um we all know this guy, right? And we all know this situation, right? So yeah. we don't need to spend too much time on it, you know? And it's 1996. We're all like, we all know these fancy gourmet yeah. bullshit stores. Get with your bottled water <laughs> and your uh, caviar. I'm assuming. So it's the next thing that they sell at these stores is bottled <laughs> water and caviar. <laughs> and caviar. It's right and next to each other. Is like the orbit style where they put the caviar in the water and it floats around like oh. that old soda orbits. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so That'd... good. The red caviar guava drink is one of the best. Mm -hmm. The epitome of class, high class. Yeah. You know? They have no donuts, but they have scones, croissants, tea biscuits. Mifui. Mifui. What? And then that's. Mifui? Yeah, that's their their back and forth that they have, you know. And Tom Arnold's like, okay, let's get let's really get this – get on a roll going here. <laughs> you think like he was constantly pitching jokes on this set and that, like a, a Hiller was just like, okay, Tom. Probably, Tom Arnold, like you definitely see it in Roseanne and like you can see it a little bit in this movie. Tom Arnold stands at all times like he is the most enthusiastic person in an improv group. Yeah. And he's just waiting for a moment to jump in and say something. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> just sit down, just and underplay it a little bit, please. For once, he, he always wants to go out for beer and pizza after improv and they never want to just, <laughs> include him. Oh, he's just a little too much, you know, but, uh, yeah, like at this Hammerman showdown here, a lot goes down. Like, um, the two uh scumbags you know the 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 two mario brothers guys (laughs) they want to rob the place they get he gets a sack of money and the old lady pulls out a gun and uh david pamers just got his pot of coffee and in comes kim Coates, and he's like i'm a cop drop it i'm a cop drop it it becomes more complicated and um, when the old lady, she complies, she just kind of just like throws her gun on the floor and it goes off and it's uh, shoots David Paymer's coffee pot. He spills more coffee on his nuts, which is pretty funny. Uh, it's twice now. He's, he's just yep. tend to your testicles, Mr. Paymer. But before that, the snooty uh, cashier. Hands the uh, bag of money to Tom Arnold because he gets the drop on them with his own gun. Yeah, Tom Arnold pulls out his gun in defense of the store clerk mm-hmm. uh, against the idiot Mario Brothers robbers. Uh, but then is given the bag because the snooty guy doesn't know what to do. So he's just like, here, take it. And he asks about donuts the, like before the shit goes down, you know, as we talk about the Mifui. And that's like... So, this movie's preoccupied with donuts quite They're a bit. really laying it <laughs> on thick. Like, look, guys, this place is so bad, they don't even have donuts. No donuts, guys. Too good hey, look over donuts. here. Look over here. No donuts. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me they don't have any, any cakes. There are no cakes? Tea cakes. So we have tea cakes? Yeah, they would say that. Um, So that's when Tom Arnold gets the sack of money. And he uh, takes David Pamer as his hostage because he's got to get out of there. Kim Coates has got the drop on him. So he uh, makes his way out and he takes a broomstick and he puts it within the handles of the hammerman's door. You know so what I love about out. it is it works for a while. <laughs> it does. It's so much so that the Anthony LaPaglia guy has to, takes the cash register against the protest of Kim Coates, throws it through the window to get out, and it hits his windshield, the cop's. Mm -hmm. so he's like thanks a lot buddy which by the way if you look i don't know if that guy um is all roided up in one arm or if that's a super light cast register but that is like 14 feet away from the the door like that car it's a good throw you look through that door like man he is that that is way out there that's why they cast him jared they're like can you throw these appliances we just want to see the distance here he, they got up to a washer and a dryer and they were just like we don't even need to know anymore we just want to see how far he'll go and then he and kept the, throwing it and he kept turning around and like you want me to do more like <laughs> what because there's this you know the scene later when and i this is, it's my favorite moment of the whole movie i think is when Rhea perlman's meter made car is tipped on its side and she just tips it back up she just props her back against it he goes ah, and then it goes up on its regular tight I'm like that's a tough broad but um I, I think it'd be funny as we talk if the director had like some kind of fetish with people lifting giant heavy things yes. <laughs> like the guy with the register and Rhea Perlman with her car it's like oh they're lifting it oh yeah. it's so heavy yeah. they, they got on his case about how heavy he can make the Oscars so he was just like oh doing yeah. it the <laughs> That's that's what happened. We can't have uh, an eighteen pound Oscar. Arthur. Why not? It'd be why? so hot. It'd be so hot. Um the old lady who had the gun and dropped it earlier, by the way, she they finally get out and Kim Coates, he can't use his car because the windshield's busted, right? So he's got to commandeer a vehicle. He takes the old lady's, like sweet old, like '60s caddy, you know, convertible, like a pink and Skylark, or something. the Buick Skylock. Before she can even uh, chime in and tell him what's wrong with it, he's off. And and it, the truth is, her brakes are shot. So there's going to how does she get problem. to the damn store in the first place? She shouldn't be <laughs> driving around. Hey, she said they were shot. She's, they're not completely. Or I guess shot is kind of subjective. Like, is it completely shot or is it like in the process of well, being they, shot? Well, they are. <laughs> yeah, we find that out. Um, so that's, his name is uh, Lieutenant Erdman, by the way, Kim Coates, the detective, the suit cop. Uh, he's in pursuit. He's, he's radioing in and he's saying, I'm, I'm in pursuit. Tom Arnold. He's getting to know David Paymer. The kids are hiding in the back seat, all hostages now in this chase. Mm-hmm. And they pop their little heads out uh, eventually. Once they see that Tom Arnold is not uh, someone who hacked his neighbor up into bits for playing music too loud, as he jokingly says to cut the tension with David Paymer, um, they, they really always, take a shine to him. You know? I, fi- I always. And even this viewing, like, there's something about the, the intensity of the delivery of, like, so I killed him. Like, the way, the way that he says that still makes me laugh. He would, uh, I, like, I never, I think stunt casting, like Lynch, Tom Arnold maybe, would be cool in a David Lynch movie as, like, a real psycho. <laughs> like, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. He could bring the thunder, you know? Probably. Um, that, uh, Tom Arnold is always trying to yes and David Lynch that he would just be like stop it, don't add anything, don't think you're thinking too much Tom stop thinking fuck just do how much fucking more do you have to fucking add to a fucking scene (laughs) I would love to see Lynch just lose it there is (laughs) what go to YouTube after this oh there's a video there's a thing you can find and it's just like. The video is called I don't know the how long it is, but it's like let's just say like ten minutes of David Lynch being an absolute madman. Whoa. And it's and it's not all like him intense anger. Oh, it's right. just there's a lot of like, what the fuck is he doing? Or just like him like eating a donut and like looking right at the camera and like shit like that. But there is one point where he's just like, How much fucking time do you fucking need to have a fucking scene? Like there's one. Oh, man. Where like, I gotta see that. It's very funny. <laughs> like it's not so but <laughs> it's hilarious. Sounds like the crown jewel of the collection right there. Just to oh no, you know it what it is? is? Cool. He's complaining about somebody who's asking him if he wants to shorten the scene. Who oh. fucking? How fucking long a fucking scene. <laughs> like he's like. So it's more in defense of his art, right? He's just like, uh, "Fuck." Nice. I <laughs> the love it. Thing in the world. Amazing. There's a guy there's a director who's like the personality transcends the body of work <laughs> for <laughs> the age. body in general. Like he's yeah. not of this plane of existence. <laughs> um, so they get they, the kids. Uh, like I said, they pop their heads out. Tom Arnold, he he's a he's a nice guy. He he tells him the situation, why he needs the money. He's in. He needs the money to support his uh, his business. He, he don't quite get into details until they're in the frozen uh, the back of the frozen freezer truck, you know. And he really has heart to heart with them. Yeah. Um, but there's Prae- a lot of, um yeah, just a lot. There's, it's just like it's chase, and then they find a way to get away just enough, and on some side street, that they have a brief conversation, and that's just like back and forth over and over with this kind of stuff that's right uh, to the point where i, I kind of f- like forget the exact sequence of events same uh they you know like they, they quickly realize like he's in the green van they've got hostages uh, mm-hmm. so other people are in pursuit of him they escape uh off to like a like what's the first thing that they do is the is the it's kind of like a, a parking to... garage, uh, essentially. It's not the mall because that's in the middle of the movie. The parking garage that kind of feels like they're at a mall, but they don't, haven't gone in. It's that scene. They escape because a, a a door rolls down and they get out right. just in time. And Kim Coates totals the the granny car. You know. Oh boy!
1: boy. <laughs> <This> <laughs> One is of the best,
0: Another great line, uh, one of the best moments in the movie, next to the Rhea Perlman tipping her vehicle up. (laughs) That's right. So, yeah, they they drive through the parking structure and and all the way up to the top and then all the way back down, get out narrowly through the gate. Um, And then uh, they... Pretty much had like the, the first thing they have to do is stop. This is the like, it's kind of ridiculous when you're just like, he should just take him straight to wherever he's going. He's got to figure that out still. That's one of the things that buys this movie some time. Yes. Is that Tarma is like, I don't know where I'm going to go yet. Like, you didn't <laughs> think any of this through. Where were you going to go if you robbed the bank? Go there. That's what right. you should have done. <laughs> Good call. Good call. But uh, the little kid has to pee. And so they they stop at uh, at a hair salon basically to to pee. I don't know why they choose the hair salon, but it's the first public place they can find comes up big for these characters, because not only does the kid get to pee and Tom Arnold has his moment where he gets stage fright and he's holding David Pamer's hand on his shoulder while he's trying to pee in the bathroom. And the kid is taking the longest piss in a movie I've ever heard in the background just the yeah. constant stream for like no joke like probably 2 or 3 minutes it's and I've had some long ass pees before but here's the yeah. thing about those long ass pees when yeah. you are so when your bladder's so full your stream does not come out the like it comes out lighter yeah, you it know, does, like doesn't it? And yeah. that's the thing about it is this kid has a full-on, like, <laughs> pose thick. stream for two <laughs> two to three minutes. I know. And then you get the one, I guess, little, not gay panic scene, but, like, the gay joke is one of the salon workers walks in while Tom Arnold is, like, singing and, like, peeing, and David Paymer's is holding his hand. He's like, room for one more. And they're like, get out of here, buddy. Take a hike. Gonger line. Room <laughs> for one more. Room for one more. <laughs> <laughs> he says conga line first. Yeah. I did that. Ooh, but you know, conga line. This is stupid. And then I think and he random. Drops his accent. It, oh, there so he just says it for the one and then I don't know, for you know what maybe more. it was ADR after. The <laughs> maybe. But um the reason another reason this hair salon comes up big is um they get the the spray for their van that comes it's it's spray on hair that Tom Arnold sees a uh, salon worker using on a man he's like what's that and she tells him he's it's, all like what colors it's a funny beat because like he goes in there and he's like um he, he's he's rushing you know he's like okay like let's go like like he's he's getting him out he wants to get him back in the car and then Tom Arnold while trying to get David Palmer to go he's like hey what's this over here and like. <laughs> He he's looks at some somebody beer, waxing somebody their lip. He looks at somebody getting their hair sprayed, and he's, like, interested in both but not worried about getting back in the car. We're just getting a little flavor of this salon. Hey, if we're going to spend some time here, we got to get a little flavor. we got to see the woman – and I was going to say this. I don't know why this moment always stuck with me over the years is the woman in the bubble who says, I'm ready. I'm ready. I said, I'm ready. She's got a dumbass <laughs> smile on her face the whole time. <laughs> How do I look? And he's like, I think you're going to need a hat uh funny but yeah you get they get the the spray like and this is not fashionable anymore like unless you're doing halloween like color um to have a grown man do spray on hair i just don't think is a thing anymore maybe I, it is I, I don't i wouldn't think so but but at this in this maybe, it is. maybe they sell it to some people to cover up like bald patches but Jeez, not like yeah. I could see that, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess that was always its intent, but <laughs> like, yeah, you know, there's probably very limited use where you can get away with it. Mm. Um, but he gets uh, all the passion purple that they have because he's like trying to flirt with the lady and she's like, oh, it depends on your personality, what color you want. He's like, in that case, give me all the passion purple you have. And then she rips a wax strip off of his elbow to kind of cut the, the that 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 cool so that so that the kids in the audience aren't like uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's tom arnold i don't want to see him flirting yeah the way Um, a little kid i see jack do this sometimes where it's just like he doesn't quite understand what's you know anytime there's some kind of romantic thing or like a kissing or something like that he gets uncomfortable as all little kids do and he does the thing which i think is like it's so cute where he just like Like he'll like slap his forehead and like cover his eyes as if like I cannot believe a movie would do this. This is so embarrassing. I'm I feel embarrassed watching this with you guys and like yeah and myself. Just pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's he's so post sex. (laughs) This is just so pedestrian. This attraction, you know. But uh, that's funny um yeah then the, they they leave the they spray the van with the passion purple and the rest of the movie is like this blotchy purple color that used to be on the the seafoam turquoise uh that david paymer labored over uh, or said that he like, waited for hours to to, to get so uh they, they get back in the van and earlier i should have mentioned there was a moment where the kids He's like, I want the kids out of this van right now, but David Pamer, you're coming with me as my hostage. And then the kid, uh, Andrew, sits in the seat very bravely, he says, I'm not leaving without my dad. And then he hears the the cops coming, Kim Coates, and Tom Earl says, everybody back in the van. And after that, they just stick with him because they either the kids like him too much or just David Pamer can't seem to break away from this guy, you know? Yeah. So... I do appreciate the, like I said earlier, the moments where Pamer's like, okay, now it's time to switch up the car and let us go. You know, he persists. Yeah. You know, he's still focused on the, the his uh, presentation, you know. I always dug the, the spraying of the car. I was like, oh, what yeah. a great – as a kid, I was like, that's that's a fun Yeah. Just idea in general. Like, you know, it yeah. worked in the Muppet movie. It works in this. <laughs> Anytime you can spray a car I a think... different color it's good. like i don't I hate to sound like nicole kidman speaking up, but like that's why we go to the movies it's like to see amazing things that we wouldn't see like that i know you can just go to an auto body shop and see a spray job but like you don't see spray hair stuff in like public and like just in front of us you don't with see characters seven people outside a van spraying it a different yeah. color with- and we want to see part of us wants to see, like our subconscious maybe if anything wants to see this uh thing happen it's like going on tiktok and seeing like the uh, the person roll those bottles down their stairs and they break yeah (laughs) you get to see all the shattery goodness at the bottom you know you you can see how far they go too. scratches an itch you know like oh those heavy ones they break quickly Mm. (laughs) what (laughs) could and then if you're like me you're like what can i do with this information (laughs) how do i I leverage this in, in my life somehow Knowing that this bottle won't break uh, until it hits this step on the stairs, you know I have to watch a car run over several objects to see how they smash, and I need—I I will use this somehow. Yeah, I gotta be able to, uh, yeah, apply this practically in my life. But um, man, uh, the next scene is they, it's not long before they, so they it's Rhea perlman yeah they go they go back into the salon to make a mm-hmm. phone call david Paymer calls has tom arnold dial you know tom arnold is assuming like hey give me your phone number he gives him the office number yeah and i i don't understand why he needs to do this whole like fake wife conversation thing like I don't either, really. It's just, like, we know the trappings of this scene in comedy. The tension, like, using code and, like, the other person on the line not getting it. Like, why are you calling me honey? Like, we know that. But, like, to, to, pl- to plug it in here at this time is a little cure. Like, it, it It literally makes no sense. It's only to create the beat of them being away from the car long enough for Rhea mm. Perlman to be there. Because, yeah. like, why would you even go back in and like be like, all right, call your wife? Like, why? This is a guy that you're trying to, like take as a hostage even if you're friendly you're trying to take him as a hostage and like there's his wife would would not be expecting a phone call from him like she's not expecting any kind of update from him in the first place because he'd be going to work after dropping the kids off it'd be a normal day yeah you're right it is just an excuse to get back in because they sprayed the van already they can't have rio perlman coming upon them while they're doing that and it has to they have to go back in and and so she could write the ticket and they stumble upon her writing the mid ticket you know yeah um, she cares about her job. She sure does. She says, uh, first it's like tickets, and then you guys are skipping income taxes? Well, I won't have it in my country, mister. And what we find out is that she was the staff sergeant of Kim Coates. She, like, you know, had like a, a rule yeah. with like sort of an yeah. iron fist at her uh, camp, you know? Skipping ahead to that, yeah. We uh, have, yeah, yeah. Inevitably We find that out much later, but like that's, that's her whole deal is she was – it is a very odd – sitcom connection like where two characters would just have this weird history for the sake of the plot i i if we're and i hate to i'm sorry to skip i just uh no that's an hour and 20 minutes into this 89 minute movie so what happens okay they they how do they get to the mall because that's where i want to get to um she kind of uh so they get it they they rush in the car when the lady who's got her getting her lips waxed uh recognizes right. him on the TV and he's like oh okay get it, get in the car like sorry we'll go she gives him the ticket they're wobbos so she's a wobble. so then she goes yeah turbines to speed after him to chase (laughs) flames like mad max style coming out of her exhaust uh, as she gains on them and like and she's crazy she's like talking to herself like i'm gaining on you you rat bastard (laughs) and kim Coates catches up i think he commandeers a new new vehicle or something um because he's back in the mix right um and uh, they ch- they get chased until they get in the back of the freezer truck. And that's when uh, Tom Arnold has a heart-to-heart with the kids about his own son and his uh, needing to pay his circus crew and, and just his sad life and existence and how he's not – he's actually a good guy, you know? Yeah. And um, – Keeping spirits the- up, though, while he's – talking about all the shitty things that's happening yeah you know my son uh, we're best friends you know but ah gosh i didn't have any money you know it's it's like there's no performance in this you know it's fine it's a family movie but to me tom arnold ain't winning any awards let's just say that i know and i know i project a lot onto the people i tend to like and like including tom arnold in this I've uh, Like, like oh, he's being strong for the kids <laughs> by not making himself, like, verbally vulnerable in this moment. Like, that's how I – but you're yeah, nice right. It's just Tom to Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just being Tom Arnold. Them in the back of the truck, though, is how they get to the mall because the, the, the truck unloads at some kind of restaurant in the mall. And somehow the van is able to drive out the back of the van through the, the doors of this restaurant and into the actual mall. It's, it's a little sweaty, but, like, here we are. We're in a mall. It's cool. Got to get into a mall one way or another. All right. And uh, Rio Perlman, since she has a smaller, more compact, like, golf cart vehicle, she's she's able to navigate a little more easier. Uh, Kim Coates, I think he's able to get his car up in there, isn't he? Like, it's like a full-fledged, like, pursuit. Or maybe he's just, he hoofs it inside, and it's just the the van and, and her meter-made car. But I don't think his car is in there. I don't, okay. I don't remember, though, because, like, he gets on with her something i don't remember they're, yeah. they're driving around the, the mall the, eventually she gets the drop on tom arnold right he puts his hands up in the air and she has a spear gun. <laughs> he's like where'd you get that and she's like uh she gets it from like one of the stores at Cards the mall and things yeah <laughs> it's like "Is that on the third floor food and stuff you know it's yeah. it's, it's the, it's mm-hmm. the mall's food and stuff it's cards and things it's <laughs> a spear gun, spear gun. <laughs> get cards and spear guns and uh that's when kim Coateson says like step aside i'll take care of this And she's like oh yeah and that's when we finally like through just a few more lines get that uh they have a history these two and it's not a very good one apparently it's kind of fraught with the uh, romantic tension too yeah they do that whole thing where like at first it seems like it's professional dispute because like earlier in the movie he's just like oh it's not a meter mate is it oh yeah yeah and we get that she's tenacious and cares about her job too much and then like it builds up to like for once in your life respect the chain of command and let me do my job and then she's like oh you're the expert of walking away and then yeah that sitcom like oh you're the expert of walking away aren't you and then we know oh it's personal no one says that in real life it's like almost indiana jones and marion shit yeah (laughs) yeah well i keep telling you i didn't mean to break your heart um but uh but what i love is her little mini monologue where she's all like let me let me set the stage for you (laughs) red white and blue flowers the bride's wearing jack boots And the only thing missing is the groom <laughs> I'll tell you You know <laughs> It is pretty funny but Jack boots I don't know what the future uh, for Margot Robbie holds in the DCU um, But you know Now that she's worked with Rhea Perlman And Barbie like, Get Rhea Perlman to play Harley Quinn's mother And have her go Have <laughs> it be a mother daughter movie Is she canon in the comics? Is that a thing? No, I'm saying create make it, her. I'm <laughs> saying <laughs> make it up. So, <laughs> reappropriate her just so she can play Harley Quinn. I love song. it. I love it. Bad you know, you bad now, that, <laughs> now that you mention it, Jer, let me look this up because I want to be sure about this. Interesting. Breaking news happening here, Pot- potentially. Anyway, I will. Uh, so they're they're at the mall. We we I, while Dan's looking that up, uh, it become we we learn that it's personal, um, and then so she's asks Tom Arnold, you know, all this dramatic shit happened. What would you do? And then he's like, I'd shoot him. And then like she turns the spear gun on an actual police officer. David Paymer tries to drive away, and there's like this whole big <laughs> okay like, chase in the mall, following that where Rhea Perlman, like is on the roof of the car and shit. Uh, and then they drive out of the mall through the second floor. Right. I think you'll be I think you'll be happy with it's not real Perlman, but I think you'll be happy with who voices Harley Quinn's mother on the cartoon Harley Quinn on HBO Max. Oh, Sher- yeah, Sharon Quinzel. She's a, a minor antagonist, an alcoholic. Uh, she's voiced by Susie Essman. Oh, perfect. Yes. Come, like, come on. You, like, mean, yeah. It's like, the next best person to get. Yeah. Uh okay so I'm sorry yeah, I I am four seasons late but I am just starting to watch Harley Quinn and it's okay so far yeah if, okay if, well if you don't like those early ones I don't think you're gonna like the later ones because I kind of dipped out myself a little uh, bit well, I'll I'll watch it until I'm like officially like no I'm done okay um it's, it's interesting we're just it's we're fun. strapped for shows right now we're just yeah. looking for something to watch and it's really sure. just me looking for something to watch because she's not yeah. <laughs> uh i'm rewatching curb really digging it i'm on the producers season four uh it is like i I think it's so great that he has like a an arc to sustain like a real through line in season four because three and two and one are kind of they do have those arcs with like the julie louis and like in season two but it seems so clear in four yeah Uh, no it's 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 uh a major focus. I mean, the restaurant um, was also a major focus in season. Sure, but like I like you, that. Like too. they spent less time on it. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. He's like it feels like a big movie or like a more folk, just a more focused season. Uh, yeah. And I've seen it before, but I realize now. Um, so anyway, uh, after the mall, after Real Perma tips her car back up <laughs> with her so, back. Yeah, um, well, so uh, they bought they drive out of the mall through the second floor. Um, and then they pull over on some side street right in the middle of the road without trying to be discreet about it to change the tire. Um, and this is where we learn that Tom Arnold doesn't have a gun. He's been using a lighter the whole time. And David Paymer kind of like he's against him again. You know, he was he was starting to warm up to him. And now he's like really like and on top of everything else you're making me late for my presentation which is like oh yeah yay yeah. <laughs> uh do they do they just go to the presentation after that no they go to um I know the, oh at the, this point yeah. at this at this point it's flipped where the kid doesn't want to leave without Franklin now at first mm-hmm. he didn't want to leave without his dad mm-hmm. um and now he's just like you promised Franklin you'd take him where you're gonna go and a promise is a promise and Dad, you're a sitcom dad, so you're always breaking promises and <laughs> and and business and promises and businesses and, and promises. Right. Uh, so yeah, he uh, finally is just like, no, you're right. My kid broke me. I'm gonna take you to your place, and then they take him. I think this is where they basically just take him to the carnival the docks yeah i think it the, the mall is the big climactic set piece really and then like the carnival standoff is just like your third act it's kind of yeah nothing because as i was telling you over the weekend when kim coates comes out of the mall with rhea perlman i think yeah. it's, he's like it's i want choppers i want helicopters the whole Fly out. And then done it's intense. And then he's like toodaloo and he's toodaloo to them. And from the movie, they're gone. We don't get any follow up on this for the rest of the movie. They pretty much just peace out straight to the warehouse. Weird. Um, there's one other scene that was the smack dab and all this, this action is the two Mario brothers thieves for lack of a better term. They go to Tom Arnold's house because he left his wallet at hammerman's during that big standoff. And his mother throws them out, literally throws them out of the house. Uh, and what I love and you see this in the mall stuff when you see Rhea Perlman bail and like fall and when the guys get thrown out is the undercranked slow motion action that yeah. was a staple of 90s like, like comedy action or just regular action. Anytime someone's going flying, they got to go flying in slow motion and if, around. If there's around. A bunch of tables and like umbrellas, like outside, and like a bistro or something. You have to get that in slow mo to really get the destruction yeah. and the the liquids spilling. We, and We gotta see it, see it all. <laughs> I just love it when it's a, and this movie is not egregious with its stuntmen. Like uh, later, when David Paymer has to jump off the Ferris wheel, I I put it in slow motion because I was like, I need to see if this stuntman is blatant, and he does a pretty good job with the tie falling in front of his face. With sure. the air getting to it. Nice. But I just love one of my things that I love is undercranked blatant stunt men sh- action shots. Absolutely. In there's some there's some classics. <laughs> I remember um <clears throat> and I know this is this is dating, but like Family Guy in that that Family Guy quote unquote movie, which is just like a three episode the thing. Stewie Griffin movie thing yeah there's a part where he jumps out of a building and it is a blatant stuntman in a stewie costume fall yeah (laughs) i just love that it's pretty good um so Uh, anyway yeah she's like get out of my ass, kathleen freeman in that scene (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and so yeah they go so they they're at the warehouse um they go inside um because now now chelsea has to pee everyone's got kids have to pee in this movie yep i mean they've been through a lot Uh, so yeah, they go into the carnival warehouse and it's like, they, they have all the rides set up for testing. He says, you know, like in in an 80 yard line in case anyone was, (laughs) must've, someone must've been in a focus group and be like, I don't understand why the carnival rides are all set up. Mm. Uh, so that's where they store everything and that's where they keep them all set up for testing. And so like, it's a whole indoor carnival, which in and of itself, great idea. Why, why is this not like a real thing? Maybe you know, exhaust like, from the rides or from the generators. But I yeah, don't know. Maybe you're right. But there there's like versions of this. Like there's like a jump zone that we went to with Jack sure. for a birthday party. And they had like a, a Ferris, like a very small, like they had rides there, but they were like very teeny. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah. A, you know, what used to be like a Sam's Club, like there's an empty Sam's Club yeah. right up the road. You know, it'd be great to a... throw a fucking carnival inside that Sam's Club year yeah. round that's who not a bad idea carnival in december that's amazing that's a good idea i like Jer. it here let's get the capital let's start it up start. i need to i need to talk to my the guy who owns my company yeah he's a venture that capitalist. Guy. oh okay and i want to i don't want to say his name uh, but he's, right, he's right, so right. Yeah, i'm like actually i probably shouldn't right. so that's why i was like no um uh, but yeah, so so that's when the two thieves guy the thieves show up and they want their money, right? And they there's a it's a dangerous standoff while the kids are riding rides while Andrew is on the Ferris wheel and uh, things go haywire, right? Yeah, uh, Tom Arnold tries to whack him with the uh, sack of money. Um, one of them gets knocked into the Ferris wheel, so it ends up going <laughs> a little bit faster and the brakes are broken. You know, like that kind of mm-hmm. some, you know that peril. Mm-hmm. Um. Bucky creep, gets, creeps onto the tilt-a-whirl with, with whatever her name is. Tom Early gets the drop on. after like He hits one of them with a sack. I think he knocks him out. The other one, he takes his gun, and he thinks it's a real gun, but we know it's a lighter. And Tom Early goes, no, no thanks, I don't smoke. And then he punches him. <laughs> like he fits in a whole zinger before he gets the drop on him. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes him out and uh then they it's funny because that like their lives were in mortal danger but now they have bigger fish to fry with andrew on the ferris wheel yeah uh, <laughs> because he ends up uh they david Paymer, and like i think this is great quote-unquote screenwriting like quote-unquote great screenwriting is what i mean to have david Paymer sacrifice his presentation briefcase to stop the Ferris wheel and save his son's life to put yeah. for literally put forth his work and, and destroy it to save his family. You it's know? always, and you know, it's one of those things because it's a family movie, the way that they shoot him coming back with that thing and the way the music is playing, yes. it's like, it's so in your face. Look, he learned his lesson. Do you I guys care see? now. He learned <laughs> guys. Look over here. He learned his lesson. Yeah, that's exactly it. And th- even though the Ferris wheel stops and the brakes are jammed, you know, it looks like you can see that those cogs are desperately trying to turn the kids uh, uh secure turnbuckle or whatever you want to call it. Uh, for lack of a better term, you know, the the Ferris wheel uh, yeah. gate thing yeah. opens tail, the... and he, he falls out and he's like hanging on for dear life. It looks like he's about two stories up. He's going to like probably break his legs if the poor kid falls or his neck. And so uh, that's when Tom Arnold has to. He says, "I'll go climb up and get your kid." He's David Paymer's like, "I'm the dad. He's my son. I'll get him." And he climbs up and he gets his son. And they they do this maneuver where he has to swing Andrew off the the Ferris wheel to fall into Tom Arnold's arms, which I guess he could have done sort of on his own, right? Like, did he need David Paymer like his yeah? Guidance? No, I think he I think he did need enough. Okay. To be like thrown off and also the kid is too scared to like if you have a nine. Oh, and he sounds kid... like it too guys help me somebody i help me, somebody. I'm somebody. <laughs> help me. um uh yeah not so great <laughs> <laughs> and then david paymer jumps into a uh uh tent of uh, stuffed animals like one of those carnival games yeah. with the prizes which I, you, you gotta set up the stuffed animals for testing too why is that set up as well yeah they, they really went all out considering that it's only for storage and testing I, I wish he didn't say testing I just wish he said like this is a way to keep the, car- the circus going year round what are you not a bad idea right guys it would be a great idea If I had the capital, I'd take over that Sam's Club right up the road. (laughs) Give me that What? I have this dream, guys. Now, hear me out, of opening a circus in the Sam's Club. I need $3 million to redo (laughs) this Sam's Club and buy rides. When will we get a return on investment, Jeremy? 2055. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) I don't think so Come on Think about your kids Think about your kids is what I say Oh you're right I didn't think about that Did you think about your kids in January when they have nothing to do What about all the toys they got for Christmas When they have nothing to do And they're (laughs) wondering what they should be doing Indoor carnival Indoor carnival um, or circus, both, I guess. Or, it, like, his, like, I guess it's, like, he, here's the confusing thing. It's a carnival. It is an indoor carnival at a warehouse off the docks, which is kind of weird and, like, something out of Stephen King's It, sort of. But he also has circus geeks, freaks after Yeah, he's got him. a sideshow. It's weird. So... Our carnivals are it's usually a county carnival. It's your typical suburban carnival. There's a Ferris wheel. There's a few, you Tilt-A-Whirl, Funhouse, you know, the food. Uh-huh. There are no freaks and geeks uh, no. biting off chicken heads or anything no like freaks. bearded ladies. They're blending worlds. I wouldn't mind seeing some freaks in my – maybe – I don't, can't remember. Even in 96, there being freaks at carnivals. No, never. Look, look at, the at the freaks! The freaks. freaks. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> Curve your enthusiasm cool. Oh, breath. look, at the, look at the freaks! God! Oh. 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 Three balls! Oh. <laughs> the freak book the during. Freak. T- Ted Danson's birthday party. The, great, the greatest thing about the Freak Book is that the Freak Book gets mentioned in another later season, like two seasons oh, later. Like <laughs> Ted Danson even mentions like the Freak Book. Yeah, it was the Freak Book. It was like the last gift you got me. I think was the Freak Book. It's Larry at his one of his most obnoxious because he gives it to Ted <laughs> Danson for his birthday, and then can I see that? And then him and John McEnroe disturb the entire party. It is. <laughs> Beyond obnoxious, and he's not drunk either. Good, There's no shit. excuse for that. Um, so yeah, the uh, the, the, they have to get back to the presentation. They still needs to happen, right? The day the kids are saved, the cops have just decided to call off their search for uh for Tom Arnold altogether, apparently. So the only thread left is that presentation. So. Sure enough, David Paymer gets to go to the office. And it's just as Rod Steger, who plays Mr. Hammerman himself, is sitting in the boardroom, grumpy, grouchy, and he's about to leave because he's waiting for the last, you know, some odd minutes. The partners are, are waiting for David Paymer. And uh, he's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. You know, I've got a PR disaster you wouldn't believe. Maybe you wouldn't understand this, but I there, there's a hostage situation at one of my stores that happened. And uh, he goes out As far as like a, a, like, you know, corporate, like, uh, uh, CEO or whatever, like, old guy whose account matters, I like this guy doing this role. It's, he's, 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 he's cool. good at the, like, being big, but also, like, just the right level of scary and serious. He's got the, <clears throat> it is, it, it does, it is like, uh, it's a delicate balance. He's got like a George C. Scott thing going on. Uh and I don't I don't know how many family movies George C. Scott really did, but like right. steger has got that kind of gruffness, uh, Lawrence Tierney, Elaine's yeah. dad kind of thing. Like a Don like a Don Rickles but like or he's not going to me you're not going to be laughing. Oh, you know. no, no. If Rickles had all edge, a hard-boiled Rickles. If Rickles um, was just mad and not trying. Oh, man. Can you imagine uh, if it was I, just all... I don't all want to. Cutting you down but without making you laugh would be the worst from Rickles because he would do it. You Dude, you'd be sitting there like, when is the laugh coming? Like, he really just laid into me. <laughs> Am um, I the first person Don Rickles didn't make a joke about? <laughs> Does he ever joke? I feel like he is. You no, know, he's. I was gonna make a joke myself. He's just genuinely making fun of people. He doesn't care if there's laughs in there. He just hates everybody. Now he's doing uh, shit. Right. He's he's D E D. But Rod Steger plays Mr. Hammerman, and he's you know like like you just said, there's there's humanity that creeps out that 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 Tom Arnold and company and David Paymer and the kids who inevitably crash into the meeting as he's on his way out. Because Tom Arnold comes in and says, I'm the maniac and we're the hostages. So that completes your PR disaster. He's even got the sack of money saved for what they spent on the the hairspray for the van. So now he's going to sit down and he's actually going to give David Pamer a couple minutes of his time. Um, And that's when I actually like this scene. Do you like this scene here? It's okay. Yeah. It's it's fine. I feel like the... um... (laughs) The words could have been better, like the actual dialogue could have been better, but I like what the scene is doing. The, the meaning of yeah, yeah. Um, there's two goals. It's he's got to get back, hook back up with his family, and he's got to kill this presentation, right? He does it by folding them into one and in the same, and I think that's great. That's uh, just you know the, what you look for in a screenplay is to intersect those goals and everything and grow through it. So. He goes in there and he says, you know what? You know what your slogan should be? Kids hate Hammermans because my kids hate them. You guys don't even have donuts. And Rod Seeger's just like – he's not interjecting. He's listening. And uh, that's when Tom Arnold kind of comes in and uh, does his shtick about donuts, right? Yeah. And uh, that I think that's – like like we said, this movie's very donut-involved. Uh, <laughs> So much that Rod Steger, that's like the thing that pierces his cold, steely heart is the talk mm-hmm. about kids, but also donuts. Like <laughs> it's mostly the donator. <laughs> the kids are um, second in the thought. Tom Arnold's like, Yeah, you don't have donuts. You know what's the best is when you get a, a vanilla Long John, but it has custard, which I've never had in my life. And i made I've donuts. never I seen a vanilla long John with custard inside. I could have made it myself at the job and I did make creations. That was one of the best parts about my job, but I never made a vanilla long John with custard in the middle. It sounds Uh, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, then Rod Stinger he goes, that's not a donut. My friend, this is a donut. Donut is this big, this big. It's like, it shapes like a size of a football with his hands, bigger than that. It's bigger than a fucking football. And he's all like, it's it, chocolate with he's the like, chocolate in the middle. <laughs> and then on top, you've got the chocolate, chocolate cream. <laughs> chocolate <laughs> <frosting>. <laughs> no, he wants like a hemorrhoid pillow sized donut. But, like that's how big of a hand that he's holding out. And uh, Arnold says, God, I hope they serve those in jail. And OK, remember how I said there's an egregious ADR looping line that answers yes, all the I knew questions? Exactly, Here it is. It's when Rod Steger says I'll drop all the charges as long as you pay, do 500 hours of community off, service. Off camera, and I'm going to try to I'm going to try to replicate the performance okay. of it too it, sure. cuz it's so like straightforward. He's like because of the children, I'm going to drop the commu- uh, because of the children, I'll drop the charges if you agree to do 500 hours of community service. And then it cuts back to him in a much more calm like Yep. And so-
1: that's going to be it. Like, like <laughs>
0: Different energy altogether. Yeah. All of it is delivered off of him off of his shot and then he goes back to him and that's gonna be it. (laughs) (laughs) He could have you guys could have put anything in there and that's gonna be it. Yep uh that's and then uh that's when we cut to the the last sequence of the movie the scene is uh it's an outdoor carnival it is the laszlo brothers and now as david Paymer pulls up in his red truck with the decal on the side his portrait is on there next to tom arnold and two other dudes who's who, the brother <laughs> i don't know yeah like now there's four heads on this door and we only know two of them um crazy so he comes out He's greeted by Tom Arnold. All the kids are they're riding a new ride called Carpool, which I thought was a nice little tie into the at the end of the movie. It's nice, but I'm like, you know what? He runs a carnival. He does not manufacture and design <laughs> carnival rides. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> So, all right, I guess I'll go. Find I designed myself, a new Jer. ride. Like, oh, he's like, he's not really like... Wonka for carnivals, where he's just making his own madcap creations. I mean, you got a point, Jer. You got a point. I guess but, I... I. I and also like, I forget. Like, yes, it's cute for the movie that it ties it up like that. And I'm going to I genuinely mean that. Like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it's a nice it's little. Cute. Touch. Yeah. If you go to this carnival and you see a ride called Carpool and you see a truck that's got the <laughs> logo of the carnival on it. You see uh-huh. a pink Buick Skylark. You see a meter made thing. They're all the same, like part of the same track. Yeah. And I am just like, what is this collection of vehicles? <laughs> How is this yeah. a carpool? There's a cop that's- chasing after him. I'm so glad you asked because I like to explain this to all of my guests. What it is is based on this time when I tried to rob a bank. Well, it was like a hammerman's, and I got this bag of money, and he just keeps going on and on and on. Like, sir, he loves that. Over. Okay, but let me tell you some more details about it. <laughs> and then the big, the big tip of the hat, the cap at the or whatever, the feather in your cap at the end is Tom Arnold's mom finally goes to Sizzler at the end, and that's our end credit sequence. Uh, yes.
1: we're, well, we're, like he, we're
0: ending on some hilarity he gets the he says uh, oh, David Pamer's like what are you up to later he's like oh you know I'd like to hang out with you guys but I gotta t- actually take my mom to dinner whoa and he looks at the camera he looks at us and he goes oh and then he cuts to the sizzler and a SWAT team of cops pull up <laughs> and you hear the voice of the angry mom inside like you guys think you can take me I'll never leave get out of here what are you doing and she uh, throws them out Away for me <laughs> and I guess I, she's just like on her hair because of the food they, yeah because they won't let her eat yeah. all she can eat or whatever and she's looking like fucking Tiny Tim the <laughs> ukulele player like yeah. throwing chairs around this weird Al it, when he does fat <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, there, there's another funny mom moment that I do want to give credit to earlier. It's actually at the salon when Tom uh, calls his mom and he's like yelling at her on the phone, like, do not go to Sessler mom. And then you hear her on the phone. <laughs> She's on the phone. Fo- I'm going to count to three. And I- <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're on the phone. What are you going to do today? I know. <laughs> That's a good point. Like once you kind of you going to hang up once you kind of three. Are you going to yell? I don't know. You're going to go to Sizzler. I'm going to count to three um, and I'm going to go to Sizzler. This uh, this movie, what else can be said about it? It was uh, it's, it was uh, currently owned by Walt Disney through 20th century because they obtained you know, the rights to 52 films from Regency Enterprises on June 2021, which begs the question, why isn't this movie on Disney Plus? That's a good question. Uh, there's nothing in there that uh, would. It's a very straightforward family comedy. It could be, should be, right. Why but then, uh, you know, uh, I guess that's probably for rights issues. Though I was going to say, why aren't the Ernest movies on there? They were all Touchstone movies, or at least those first four were. But mm. I'm sure that the Ernest uh, legacy has like rights ownership of. Just, I'd love some Ernest's uh, easily available. Uh, the, right, a major streamer. You know, I wouldn't mind popping through camp again. Yeah. Visiting Ernest's camp with him. Yeah. Going, you know, spending a summer with Ernest. I'm glad it's raining too, Ernest. <laughs> I'm gonna cry with you. <laughs> uh Arnold tied with Pauly Shore for a nineteen ninety six Razzie Award in part for his role in the film as well for Big Bully. Remember that was Rick Moranis. Oh, Big a, Bully, the stupids, yeah. carpool. Yeah. Big year for Tom Arnold. It really Jackie was Thomas show. It really was Jackie Thomas. What was what was that? I don't know. It was a show that followed Roseanne for like one season. Oh, my goodness. He that sounds really familiar. Lead character. Huh. I'll have to look that up. And the David Lynch freaking out. Uh, yeah. Flying off the handle. Definitely do uh... that. David Lynch <laughs> being a madman uh great great sign me up and uh carpool hey i you know like the nostalgia of course the rose tinted glasses are there but like aside from the curious and cool casting of kim coates Rhea perlman david pamer it's uh it does this movie does no harm like if you're looking for just a stupid like fast-paced comedy family movie Mm -hmm. you can do way worse than this absolutely That's yeah. the, genuine. You could you could, and probably so, have done way, way worse than Carpool. So my only question is <clears> – <throat> sorry, were you going to say something? No. My only question is um, this is one of our last final, final movies for the podcast. And I know it's slim pickings after a while when it comes to 90 and under movies, but mm-hmm. – did I did I choose this one for our, our last round? No, I chose this one. then so um, why did you choose this one for It uh bec- well originally I had a different title in place, um, but uh the macaws were unable to uh, right. be on our show again uh before we finished baby. it up. They had a baby and they're a baby. busy. They've got their own show. And uh um so ultimately I just looked through the list and I was like, you know what I wouldn't mind watching again is Carpool. And that's why I picked it. But also, I needed uh, a decent little family comedy, because uh, I like to do that before we head into October. Ah, uh, yes. Like, like here's here's our last chance for a month to watch something. Well, I guess it's not technically the last chance, but, like, we are uh, heading into uh, uh, Spooktober or whatever I have called it in the <laughs> Shocktober, past. Shocktober, maybe? Shock, I don't know. Crap um, what an interesting October we have planned for you guys. I'm gonna hype it a little bit because this is like it's our last we I see one, two, three, four Halloween movies, and then I see two regular movies and then a bonus. And that's yep. it. That's, that's it for the main feed. So I do want to hype these last episodes. Um, we got some good ones planned. We have one or two more guests ready to go. And uh, I don't know. we're gonna have fun with it. I'm excited to do. The last Halloween movie that we do in October, I think it's like a an essential Halloween viewing. I've forgotten which one it is. I have to look at the list now. For I'll now. give you a hint. It's it's an anthology Halloween film. Ah yes, yes of course. There aren't too many of those? So, all right. Um, I've never seen it. Never heard of it. Well, oh, no, I I had heard of it. I've just never so seen good. it. I don't I don't know anything about it. So, I'm very excited. Um and yeah so next week we'll be kicking off our our Halloween month of movies before we wrap it up and get out of here yeah for x number of years <laughs> which we we're not going anywhere we got the ninety over ninety still yeah I don't know what you mean by that I don't know <laughs> I I like to I like to think of it more as uh something ending but really it's it's yeah, just it's. It's sort of Slowing. like are we uh did we drop a truman show for the the patrons i'm going to be doing that after we have this conversation all right so hey september patreon truman show we truman, talk about that yep That's for a couple pretty cool. hours next month we're talking about scream on yeah. uh on over 90 the original west craven scream and we're actually going to talk a little bit about the whole scream tri- i do plan to watch cool like as many as I can, so we may not get to the episode until later in October. But uh rest right. assured it's coming. And that is gonna be it for us this week. Uh thank you for listening to us and uh, listen to us next week for Halloween spooktobul spooktobular. <laughs> spooktobular. Uh, spooktobular. <laughs> yeah sure. Uh right. and until then I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. That's a wrap. chocolate. How can that be?